Well, good morning, St. John's Church family and all who are listening, and thanks for tuning in on Life FM or via our website. I'm Philip Burns, and this is the podcast of St. John's Presbyterian Church in Forest Street, Bendigo. Our first hymn this morning will be To God Be the Glory. On this morning's podcast, we'll continue the series on Revelation 1 to 3. Our Bible readings will be read to us by Keith and Jenny. We'll be thinking some more about the Shorter Catechism, and later in the hour, bring that word of encouragement and application from God's word. But now, John will lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, as we look around at the world, the world that you have made, we acknowledge that all your works give praise to you, their maker. And we likewise are called upon to praise your wonderful name. For you have given us life and being. We are here because you made us. We are your creatures. And we need to consider the wonder of your works around us. The glories of the heavens above the sun and the moon that bring light to us, the glorious firmament, Lord, in the ancient world men looked in wonder and amazement at the stars above. But we in this generation are privileged to know so much more about the wonders of the universe, this vast galaxy around us, that band of countless suns, brighter than our own sun, spread across the sky at night in a cloud of glory, and far beyond in the vast reaches of this universe, countless galaxies in their millions. Even the disk of the moon obscures a million galaxies greater than our own. The vastness fills us with wonder. And we are mere ants scurrying around on the face of the ground. Lord, we see your glory in the works of your providence and the beauty of the world around us in the changing seasons, in the mighty flash of lightning and the roll of the thunder, the thunderbolts splitting great trees. All these things speak of your power and glory. And these terrifying forces of nature that speak of your dread wrath against all that is sinful and evil, the terror of sweeping fires 
and overwhelming floods that you visit upon this race of fallen mankind. And we too must bear the consequences of our sin in our daily lives. And we must come now to confess our sins before you, the living God. Help us indeed to examine our hearts. Search our hearts by your Spirit to reveal everything within us that is unclean that we need to confess before you. But we praise you that you have given us your holy word. You reveal yourself in the scriptures. You have revealed yourself in the coming of your only Son into the world who came to save and rescue us from sin and evil and death and hell. The Lord Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us, who paid the debt on our behalf, who died on the cross for our sakes and is now raised up to the glory of heaven. We come to worship him today and give ourselves to him. Lord, give us a fresh glimpse today of Jesus in his eternal glory. He revealed himself to the prophet John who, when he saw the glory of the ascended Christ, fell before him as one who was dead. And yet the Lord raised him up and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Jesus is the beginning of all things and the end of all things in his creation the end and great purpose to which we move. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is the living one, who died and who was raised from the dead to reign forever. We come to worship him today. Lord, we are conscious that even in our worship, we can be guilty of great sin against you. If we worship according to our own sinful ways and not according to the Spirit, for the Lord seeks those to worship him, who will worship in spirit and in truth. So guide our spirits as we worship by your own mighty Spirit to glorify you today, and we ask it in the name of our Saviour Jesus. Amen. Good morning, I'm Keith, and today I'm reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, through to verse 8 of chapter 4. Let's hear God's word. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, 
we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us, you ought also to walk to please God, just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honour not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. We ask this blessing in God's uh, holy word. Our next song is Behold the Lamb of God. William Beveridge, a theologian from the 19th century, said these words near the end of his life. The older I grow, and I now stand upon the brink of eternity, the more comes back to me the first sentence in the catechism which I learned when a child, and the fuller and deeper its meaning becomes. What is the chief end of man? to glorify God, to enjoy him forever. It can be said that few things in the course of history have had such a shaping influence in the lives of Christians as the Westminster larger and shorter catechisms that date back to 1646. These catechisms have been acknowledged by many to be the most accurate and succinct summary of the Christian faith ever produced. Its simple question-and-answer format not only lends itself to easy memorisation, but also the amount of truth packed into it is nothing short of astounding. By memorising the Catechism, anyone can absorb, in their thinking, biblical answers to the most important questions of the Christian faith. There's no doubt that the Catechisms have had a profound impact on church history. But what about the present and what about the future? You can probably guess my answer. It's never been more useful. And that's why this morning and each week this month, we're going to be reading from it for the benefit of us all. This morning's questions from the Catechism are numbered 28 to 32. Question 28. What are the punishments of sin in this world? Answer. The punishments of sin in this world are either inward as blindness of mind, a reprobate sense, strong delusions, hardness of heart, horror of conscience, vile affections, or outward, as the curse of God upon the creatures of our sakes, 
and all other evils that befall us in our bodies, names, estates, relations and employments, together with death itself. 29. What are the punishments of sin in the world to come? Answer. The punishments of sin in the world to come are everlasting separation from the comfortable presence of God and most grievous torments in soul and body without intermission in hellfire forever. 30. Does God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? Answer. God does not leave all men to perish in the estate of sin and misery into which they fell by the breach of the first covenant commonly called the covenant of works, but of his mere love and mercy delivers his elect out of it and brings them into an estate of salvation by the second covenant, commonly called the covenant of grace. 31. With whom was the covenant of grace made? Answer. The covenant of grace was made with Christ as the second Adam, and in him with all the elect as his seed. 32. How is the grace of God manifested in the second covenant? Answer. The grace of God is manifested in the second covenant, in that he freely provides and offers to sinners a mediator, and life and salvation by him, and requiring faith is the condition to interest them in him. Promises and the gift of his Holy Spirit to all his elect, to work in them that faith with all other saving graces, and to enable them all unto holy obedience, as the evidence of the truth of their faith, and thankfulness to God, and as the way which he has appointed them to salvation. Our next Bible reading is coming from Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service, and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast what you have until I come. 
the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end. To him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken to pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Our next song is going to be Before the Throne of God. Well, that's all from us at St John's Presbyterian Church Bendigo this Sunday morning. My name is Philip Burns. It was great to have you listen in via Life FM. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can visit our website, bendigopc.org.au. You'll find all our contact details there as well as information on how you can come to know of the salvation that comes by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now may our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit multiply his blessings upon you and continue to turn his face toward you, granting you his peace and his blessing as you receive his word and seek to serve and live for the glory of his name. Amen.